The reading is taken from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 to chapter 2, verses 3. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you who is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the entryway of life handed down from you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart for you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God for all people are like grass and their glory is like the flowers of the field the grass withers and the flowers fall but the word of the Lord endures forever and this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you had tasted that the Lord is good. Amen. Thank you, Carol. Great passage. Golly. Wow. If you've got Bibles near you, do, um, do grab one. There should be some near the pillars. Um, or open the passage up on your phone. Um, because we're, we're going to try and dig into this uh, a bit more today. Let's just pray. Father, we bless you for your presence with us. And Lord, I want to bless you that you know exactly what each of us needs most. Lord, I believe you want to give each of us a word in season. So Lord, may your word feed us and may your spirit guide us for Jesus' glory. Amen. So, this morning, I wish you joy. If you weren't here last week, that was part of what, um, what I mentioned. The Apostle Peter, at the beginning of this, um, 
this epistle, he, he greets Christians scattered right across modern-day Turkey. And a common greeting they had at the time was, I wish you joy. Isn't that a lovely greeting? Isn't it fantastic? There's an old rabbinical saying that God looks at each blade of grass and looks intently at that, each blade of grass and says, grow, grow. And God looks intently and lovingly at each one of us and says to us, grow, grow. Grow in spiritual maturity. Grow in the beauty of holiness. Grow in your ability to stand firm in difficult times. Grow. The Lord looks at you today and he says, continue to grow. Continue to keep growing in me. And um, as I mentioned, the Apostle Peter, um, who, of course, had met Jesus, heard his teaching, had reflected on the meaning of Jesus' death and resurrection, his writing to scattered Christians across modern-day Turkey, and his encouraging them to stand firm, to stand firm on the living hope they have in Jesus' resurrection, to stand firm in their unshakable identity, to stand firm because the storms of persecution are just beginning. And it's interesting, um, just this week I was contacted by um, someone that a number of you will remember, a guy called Dan Reeve, who was a member of uh, SML. Um, he works for the military, he's now a brigadier, and he is heading up the UK military response in, in modern-day Turkey. You might have heard he was interviewed on Radio 4 on Thursday or Friday. And, um, but I was, he, he, we messaged quite frequently, and he said, Andy, I would really value prayer for this. You know, the scenes that they're seeing are horrific, and they're wanting to bring hope. So I was able to just share one or two verses from the passage we looked at last week in 1 Peter. Isn't it amazing how the Lord can use that, how timely that is. We were looking at that passage last Sunday and it was able to speak to Dan exactly where he is right at the moment in modern day Turkey. Praise the Lord for that. Grace and peace be ours in abundance. So today we're thinking about contagious holiness. And, um, and it's interesting that verse 13 begins with the word therefore, that conjunction. And whenever we read therefore in the New Testament, we need to ask ourselves, what is it therefore? And it's, you know, it's a conjunction, it's a linking word. Peter's been speaking about the unshakable identity we have in Jesus and that we have a living hope in Jesus because he has been raised from the dead. And then he goes on, as it were, to give a, an inspirational talk about what that means. Therefore, how we need to live. And, um, and as I've been kind of wrestling with the passage a bit this week, 
it struck me that what Peter gives us in, in the verses that follow, they're a bit like a football team formation. If we can have the next slide up. So I don't know which football team you'd say this is, but we have a goalie, therefore we have five radical actions and attitudes that are our, our defenders. We've got three central Christ-shaped truths and two striking challenges. Now, I don't know which current Premier League team would play with that formation. It could possibly be West Ham, which is why we're not doing very well. But um, anyway, perhaps that might be a little aid memoir for us as we look at this. So first of all, five radical attitudes and actions that he gives us are from verse 13 onwards. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. You know, so much begins in our thought processes, doesn't it? So much begins there. And what the Greek literally means there, gird the loins of your mind. Gird the loins of your mind for action. Be ready in how you think and how you respond. We know that in another, therefore, in Romans 12, Paul said, um, you know, he begins, therefore, in light of God's mercy, off your bodies as living sacrifice. And he goes on to say, and be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. Peter is saying, therefore, prepare your minds for action. A bit like kind of revising for an exam. Being ready. Prepare your minds. And then be self-controlled. Be sober. Don't be kind of foggy-headed. Be alert. Be clear-headed in these days. Take thoughts captive. And a good guide for us with that is, how are we filling our minds with God's Word? How are we feeding on God's Word? Because that will be keeping our minds focused and alert and sober in these times. And then Paul, Peter, sorry, <laughs> Peter picks up on what he was saying in um, the verses earlier in the chapter. Set your hope fully on the grace that is ours in Christ Jesus. Some translations don't have fully, and that's a real shame. And I think that's indicative of the fact that so often we can set our hope partially on the grace we have in Jesus Christ. Rather than setting our hope fully, I, was, I would, had a chance to see my dear dad on Wednesday afternoon. And although he's still very much alive, and it, par if you're watching this, you look well, um, but um, he knows his nearing, you know, he's in the twilight of his life, and um, he's 87, he's got quite a few health struggles. Um, and he wanted to talk a tiny bit about his funeral, we're going to talk more about that. Um, and we were talking about how you set your hope fully, not partially, fully on the grace that is ours in Christ Jesus. And that's true in this life, and it needs to be true for the life beyond. And I was thinking to use another sporting analogy. 
that actually when you see the New Zealand rugby team perform the harker before they play, you don't see them do it half-heartedly, do you? You know, they do it kind of giving everything to it. They're wholehearted because they want to intimidate their opposition as much as possible. And Peter is saying, in these days, you're going to be hit by storms. Set your hope fully on the grace we have in Christ Jesus. And I don't know how that speaks to you today, but perhaps the Lord is saying, by my spirit, I want, you to help, want to help you to set your hope more fully on the grace we have in Christ Jesus. And two more radical attitudes and actions. He then says, do not conform to the evil desires you had before you became Christians. Don't be shaped in the world, into the world's mold. You know, we live in a time where expressive individualism is a keynote of our culture. And actually, we know we're called to live slightly differently from that. Don't conform in the same way. But rather be holy, as I am holy. Pattern your life on Jesus. The holiness of children of the Father. And, and what was Jesus' holiness like? It was attractive, wasn't it? It was contagious. It wasn't like the Pharisees. It was a holiness that welcomed people. It was a holiness that was life-giving. It was a holiness that brought hope to people. And that's the holiness we are called to. That holiness. There was a, um, a surgeon who was doing his rounds and was visiting a patient three days after an operation. And the surgeon asked the patient why they were still in bed, why they hadn't got up and moved around a bit. And um, the patient said, well, it hurts, I hurt. And the surgeon and, and went on to say, you don't know what it really feels like, surgeon. And the surgeon said, actually, I do. I had the same operation, and I was up two days ago. And, sorry, I was up not two days ago, two days after my operation. And uh, so, so I know we've had exactly the same experience. And the patient rather wittily responded, well, we didn't have exactly the same patient. I had a different surgeon. <laughs> now, thankfully... We have the same surgeon. We have the Holy Spirit who is at work digging stuff out of us when we allow him to and helping us to grow in holiness. Be holy as I am holy, says the Lord. So five radical attitudes and actions. And I wonder which of those the Lord doesn't want us to fill our minds with too much stuff, but which of those do you think the Lord is looking at you at the moment and saying, grow in that, grow in that? Is it preparing your minds for action? Is it being self-controlled? Is it setting your hope fully? Is it not conforming? Is it kind of saying, 
I want to grow in holiness, Lord. Where is the Lord saying to you at the moment, grow, grow? And then we move into midfield. And as we move into midfield, Peter gives us three Christ-centered truths. And in doing this, Peter is reminding his hearers, reminding us that Jesus is our liberator. Jesus has come to bring freedom. He is our liberator. And firstly, he reminds them that they were redeemed. They were bought with the blood of Christ. Not with anything perishable, but with the blood of Christ. I love that we sung Jesus paid it all. And it's just a great reminder. The cost of what Jesus has paid for us. And that we are called to walk not in cheap grace, but in costly grace. There's costly grace. And so as part of that, Peter says, live with reverent fear. <clears throat> By saying that, he's not saying a cringing fear, but he is saying... Live with a sense of awe before a holy God. Live with that sense of awe. And as the message translates it, you know, our loving Father is also our responsible Father. Therefore, no sloppy living. And he carries on. Secondly, through him you believe in God. Through Jesus we believe in God. Your faith in the living God is rooted in and through Jesus. And your understanding of his holiness is seen in Jesus. And again, Peter, you know, I kind of think he's sharing from his own experience here. Peter is kind of looking back, and I, you think about the time when he and the other disciples had been fishing all night, and they hadn't caught a thing. And then Jesus on the seashore, says, throw your nets over the other side. Jesus, who wasn't a fisherman. And they do that. They threw their nets over the other side. And they get this miraculous catch. And what's Peter's response? In the midst of all those stinking fish, he says, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. He knew Jesus' holiness and his sinfulness in that moment. You might have heard reports about a move of God that's happening at Asbury Chapel um, in uh, the university in Kentucky. I think we should have a slide, Clive and Bev. And um, have we got a slide? Yeah. And for the last week, more than a week, there's been this kind of ongoing time of worship and prayer and a time of great open repentance, people longing to put their, li their, their lives right with the Lord and longing, crying out for a refilling of the Holy Spirit. They're encountering Jesus and we're going to hear all different sorts of reports and of course, in time, the Lord wants to ensure that that fruit is good. The fruit of that experience is good. But there does appear to be a wave of the Spirit and a longing for holiness. A longing for holiness. 
And some of you might particularly be resonating with that at the moment. And at, after I've spoken, as we go into the closing song, I just want to say, if, if, if that's a deep cry in your heart at the moment, then I do encourage you, you might want to spend time up at the cross, time up in the chancel, just bring yourself before the Lord and saying, Lord, you know, I lay this before you. Lord, fill me again with your spirit. Just a longing to walk rightly with the Lord. And you know, when we do that, when we do that, we are contagious in a very healthy way. <laughs> There's a contagious holiness that is omitted. And, um, and it's interesting, in this, pa- in this section of the passage from verses 17 to 25, Peter, um, as it were, draws a number of his thoughts about holiness to a conclusion in verse 22, when he says, Now that you purified yourself by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Holiness will always lead to greater love. It will lead to us walking more closely with one another in greater love. Mother Teresa, you say, I don't do big things for the Lord. I do small things with big love. And do you know what? I think that's what most of us are longing to experience more and more of. I pray that 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 will increasingly be the mark of our life groups. That will be the experience people have when they come in to our service. They will be met by love. A sense of, of being loved for who they are. Love one another deeply. And love, what does love do? Love smiles. Love looks to bless. Love looks to encourage. Love looks to cheer on. Love looks for the best for the other person. Love one another deeply from the heart, Peter is saying. And the Lord would, you know, Lord's saying that to us today. Love one another deeply from the heart. And then in closing, at the beginning of chapter 2, we have another therefore as we come on to our two striking challenges. And he gives some really, really punchy challenges to to close with. Therefore, rid yourselves, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. And the Greek word he's using here really means strip off. And he doesn't mean that in a kind of seductive way, like a stripper. He means it like an athlete would do. Strip off any extra weight. In Peter's time, athletes would often run naked, or if not quite naked, just with a very light cloth. And so so Peter is saying, actually, in order to grow in this holiness... There's stuff you've got to strip off. Strip off malice. Any inclination you have 
might have in your heart to want to harm others, whether that's through words or in whatever way. If, if there's something you're harboring in your heart that is malicious, then he's saying, get rid of it. It's like digging, digging out weeds. Dig it out. Any deceit, any hypocrisy, any slander when we speak badly about people. And he mentions envy. And I think envy is one of those attitudes that it's really hard to dig out at times. And I think that's accentuated in the days that we live in with social media. Because we so easily compare ourselves negatively. Or we want to put something up on our, on our feeds that will make people think, well, aren't they having a special time? You know, lucky them. And actually digging out envy is hard. And I want to ask a question, what makes you go green with envy? What sort of things cause you to go green with envy? And that might be something you need to bring before the Lord and say, Lord, you know, I recognize I'm vulnerable here. We will, we will all have areas where we're vulnerable. And, and say, Lord, help me to get rid of that. Help me to get rid of it. And then instead, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. If we can have the next slide up, please, Bev. There's a picture there of um, one of our daughters-in-law, Sophie, with our eldest grandson, Johnny, not long after he was, who well, he was probably a few months old at the time. And um, newborn babies, they crave milk, don't they? Right, I, I mean, sorry, mothers should know that a lot more than me. But it seems to me they crave milk. And, and Peter, Peter seems to be saying, like newborn babies, crave unadulterated spiritual milk. You know, long to feed from my word. Long to feed one another in holy fellowship. Long to bless one another. And as you do that, you will grow in holiness. And as you do that, as a community, we'll become more contagious with Christ's holiness. And he says, and he concludes, now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. Isn't that wonderful? Now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. Now that you've tasted his word is good. Now that you've tasted that walking in his ways of holiness actually are good. They might cause us to have to sacrifice some desire, they are good. Now that you've tasted that you can stand even in the midst of hard times, and it's good to do that. The Lord is good. So let's just be quiet for a few moments. And I don't know amongst that kind of football team formation what the Lord has been wanting to highlight to you. There's a lot in that passage. And he won't want to confuse us. 
he will only want to highlight a few things. But the Lord, as I said, is looking at each of us and saying, grow, grow. And he's not only looking at saying that, he's saying, you can grow. Because that's what he, you can grow with my resource. And you can grow as you cheer each other on. You can grow as you invite the Spirit to fill those places of weakness with his strength, to pour his love into your heart again. You can grow. So Lord, I pray that your Spirit would minister what you've been wanting to say to each of us. Lord, may we Again, rejoice in the beauty of your holiness. And Lord, may we grow as holy people in these days, even in the midst of storms. Lord, as a church family, may we be contagious with your holiness. Lord, may we rid ourselves of the things that need to be dug out. Father, may we love each other deeply. Love every person we come into contact with deeply from the heart. And would you fill our hearts with your spirit. Amen.